This is a podcast from the Business Times. Welcome to Property BT, a podcast series by the Business Times. I'm senior correspondent Leslie Yi, and I'll be your host as we gather insights on all things Singapore property to help you in your property investment journey. I have stopped celebrating Valentine's Day for a long time. But what a bummer for colleagues who had romantic plans for that day. Singapore's budget 2023 is set to be announced on February 14th, so no V-Day plans allowed for many business journalists who will be busy that day. The budget impacts all of us. Maybe there'll be more help on the way for people to cope with rising costs of living amid high inflation. But budget announcements are not all about goodies. The government needs to collect taxes to fund its expenditure. And government spending will rise to fund healthcare needs of an ageing population. Property is often in the spotlight when it comes to matters of raising revenue. There are transaction taxes, such as buyer stamp duty for property purchases, as well as additional buyer stamp duty or ABSD for purchases of homes. Currently, seller stamp duty applies for sale of homes within a holding period of three years. There are also recurring property taxes. For property owners, budget 2022 contains some bad news, with the unveiling of higher property taxes for many homeowners. Higher non-owner-occupier tax rates for all homes, as well as higher owner-occupier tax rates for homes with annual value or AV exceeding 30,000 Singapore dollars, became effective this year. The rates will rise further in 2024. Generally, the tax hikes are steeper for pricier homes. An owner of an investment home with AV of 50,000 Singapore dollars, such as some condominium units in prime districts, will see annual property tax of 5,500 Singapore dollars in 2022 rise to 6,750 Singapore dollars in 2023 and 8,000 Singapore dollars in 2024. Hmm, how badly will higher property taxes hurt homeowners? Let's get insights from Wong Xiuying, Head of Research and Content, Propnex Realty. We don't think the higher property tax will dent buying interest nor affect the residential market significantly. Generally, most investors buying Singapore properties take a longer-term view on their property purchase, focusing on the longer-term returns and the capital growth potential rather than looking at the holding cost in the form of property tax. By and large, most households should be able to manage the increase in property tax on owner-occupied homes. However, a certain segment of the population, such as retirees who are living in a sizable landed home and do not have a lot of savings to tap on, could potentially find the property tax hike difficult to bear. For non-owner-occupied homes, properties that have a higher annual value will see a greater impact from the property tax increase. Some landlords may seek to pass on the increase in tax expenses to their tenants in the form of higher rentals. Certainly, many residential landlords are hit by higher property tax rates as well as higher AVs this year. However, residential landlords may have little to complain as a strong residential rental market means many landlords are collecting higher rents upon the signing of new leases. However, spare a thought for owner-occupiers of pricier homes who are paying higher property taxes even though they're not earning revenue from their homes. As Suying points out, retirees living in large landed homes may find higher property taxes hard to bear. Last year's budget saw higher property taxes for homes 
Could this year's budget see higher property taxes for non-residential properties? Non-residential properties, such as commercial and industrial buildings, are taxed at 10% of the AV. Contrast this with the non-owner-occupier residential tax rate of between 11 to 27% in 2023 and between 12 to 36% in 2024. Is it fair for a landlord of a non-residential property with the same AV to pay much less in property tax versus a residential landlord? Let's hear from Propnex, Wong Xiu Ying. Property tax rates on residential properties are applied on a progressive scale, while for non-residential properties, it's a flat rate of 10% of the annual value presently. We do not expect the property tax rate on non-residential properties to rise anytime soon. I think a key consideration is the cost burden borne by businesses, and an increase in property tax may affect their bottom line. The high inflation and the one percentage point GST hike in 2023 will also sort of add cost pressures for businesses. Many of them are in recovery mode post-pandemic and hence we do not foresee the government raising property tax rate on non-residential properties at this point. Xiu Ying may be right. Many businesses are struggling to cope with rising costs as well as the 1% increase in the goods and services tax that kicked in this year. So it is hardly a good time to raise the property tax on non-residential properties. Arguably, if property tax rates for non-residential properties rise, Perhaps exemptions can be carved up for some landlords such as real estate investment trusts on the basis of promoting capital markets and in recognition of the widespread ownership of such trusts by many investors, including individuals who buy such instruments to help fund retirement needs. Undeniably, residential property has it rougher compared to other property asset classes when it comes to taxes. Back in December 2011, the government introduced ABSD on purchases of homes. The purpose being to moderate demand for homes, thereby ensuring that homes remain affordable for Singaporeans and that prices move in tandem with economic fundamentals. In December 2021, ABSD rates were raised for all home buyers except Singapore citizens and permanent residents buying their first home. Today, a citizen pays ABSD of 17% for buying a second home and 25% for a third and subsequent home. A foreigner pays ABSD of 30% for buying any home. What has been the impact of the rise in ABSD rates? And could such rates rise even further? Let's hear from Wong Xian Yang, Head of Research Singapore, Cushman and Wakefield. Immediately, we saw an impact to prices and volumes. Private residential price growth in the last quarter of 2022 slowed to 0.2% quarter-on-quarter, the slowest growth in close to three years, while transaction volumes are estimated to have fallen by more than 30%. However, this also coincided with rising borrowing costs and a more tepid economic outlook for 2023, which has led to increased buyer caution. But notably, the proportion of foreign demand for non-lender transactions in the fourth quarter of 2022 has risen to 7%, higher than the whole year average of about 5%. While local demand continues to dominate at over 70% of all non-landed sales for the quarter, the pullback in local demand was stronger post-cooling measures. And given that prices are expected to see moderate growth in 2023, I don't expect further increases in ABSD rates for now. 
Growth in private home prices here has slowed in Q4 2022, and private home prices in 2023 could grow at a much more moderate pace versus over 8% in 2022 and over 10% in 2021. The slowing pace of growth in home prices could be largely due to higher interest rates and a slowing economy. Still, if home price growth moderates, there may be little need to push ABSD rates higher. Still to come, thoughts on capital gains and inheritance taxes. Partnering you on your wealth and investment journey. Bringing you insights to make well-timed market moves. Sharing actionable personal financial tips. Helping you protect and grow your wealth. Analyzing Singapore's market trends and corporate issues. Supporting you through your Singapore property journey. Insights from your trusted partner, the Business Times Podcasts. Are you listening? And now, back to Property BT from the Business Times. We have talked about the effect of higher property tax rates on homes, as well as why property tax rates may not rise for non-residential properties. Also, we talked about the impact of higher ABSD rates on purchases of homes. Is there room to levy higher transaction taxes on purchases of non-residential properties? ABSD does not apply to investors, including foreigners, who buy strata office space or commercial shop houses. A buyer of a $10 million commercial shop house pays a total of $295,000 Singapore dollars in stamp duty. A Singapore citizen buying a $10 million home as a second property pays a total of over $2 million Singapore dollars in stamp duty. Is this fair? Let's get insights from Cushman & Wakefield's Wong Xian Yang on whether ABSD should be levied on purchases of non-residential properties. No, I don't think ABSD should be extended to non-residential properties such as commercial shop houses or strata offices. These are niche and relatively small markets as compared to the broader commercial market. Typical investors are high net worth individuals or companies who invest in these markets for wealth preservation, growth and diversification. This is unlike the residential market where most buyers are owner-occupiers and as such, the health of the housing market and housing prices has both economic and social implications for the development of Singapore. Also, implementing ABSD on non-residential properties may push some demand back towards the private residential sector, which would be counterproductive. Xian Yang may be right. There are greater economic and social implications from high home prices than from high property prices in other segments. So perhaps ABSD is not needed for other segments. I do wonder... If high net worth individuals want to invest in commercial properties here because of Singapore's safe haven status, perhaps they can and should contribute more in transaction taxes. The upcoming Singapore budget will doubtless look at the funding of rising expenditure through various taxes. Taxing assets more cannot be ruled out, especially as such efforts can also help to combat wealth inequality. More and more family offices are being set up in Singapore by the super-rich from Asia and elsewhere. Michelin-star restaurants, fancy cars and luxury boutiques are a plenty on this small island. Ensuring social cohesion by addressing inequality is a pressing concern. Perhaps capital gains from property transactions can be subject to tax. 
Or maybe seller's stamp duty can apply to the sale of homes regardless of the holding period of a property. Let's get insights from Christine Sun, Senior Vice President of Research and Analytics, Orange Tea & Thai. Gains derived from the sale of a property in Singapore are regarded as capital gains under regulation stipulated by IRAS or the Inland Revenue Authority of Singapore. However, there is no capital gains tax levied on most properties in Singapore. Such profits or losses derived are similar to buying and selling shares or other financial instruments that are generally viewed as personal investments. However, the gains may be taxable if an individual buys and sells properties with a profit-seeking motive and is deemed to be trading in properties if the person enters into a series of capital transactions. They also be assessed based on the reasons behind the buying and selling of such properties, the frequency of such transactions, the financial means to hold the property and how long the property is being held. As most buyers do not own multiple properties in Singapore and are usually owner-occupied, we do not feel that there is a need to impose capital gains tax when they sell their homes. After all, it is reasonable for Singaporeans to enjoy some form of return or profits after holding onto a property asset for a period of time. Moreover, such taxes are also ineffective in stabilizing prices. If the capital gains tax is implemented, sellers may pass the additional cost to the next buyer and this may lead to higher property prices in the long term. Properties here will also become less attractive to foreign investors. Indeed, there is scope for the tax authorities here to levy taxes on gains from sales of properties for those deemed to be trading in property. Although, as it is, Many people who sell properties are not deemed to be trading in property and hence do not pay taxes on their gains. Could Christine be right that capital gains taxes on property are unnecessary as they are ineffective in stabilizing prices? Hmm, I think there will be a huge uproar and plenty of resistance if capital gains taxes are applied on the sale of one's HDB home. Still, the subject of whether capital gains tax should apply to property transactions and to which of these transactions may be something that will need careful studying by the authorities. Inequality can be worsened by the passing of wealth from one generation to another. Singapore abolished estate duty in 2008 in part to help promote Singapore as a wealth management hub. Can a case be made today to introduce inheritance tax to fight inequality? Perhaps such a tax will end up hurting the middle income if the very rich find ways to circumvent it. Let's get insights from Nicholas Ma, Head of Research and Consultancy, ERA Real Estate. Singapore is competing on the global stage as a financial and wealth management hub. It aims to attract foreign high net worth individuals to bring their wealth to our shores and to manage that wealth and to invest here. While it is impractical to abolish all types of taxes in Singapore, the Singapore government has abolished the inheritance tax or its so-called estate duty in 2008. Since then, with the hard work of the authorities and various parties in the financial industry, the wealth management sector here has grown healthily. Hong Kong, which is Singapore's rival financial hub in Asia, has also abolished its inheritance tax in 2006. As long as Hong Kong does not bring back its inheritance tax, it is very unlikely that Singapore will reinstate the inheritance tax here. If the Singapore government introduces the inheritance tax on real estate, 
Singapore will become a less attractive wealth management centre for high net worth individuals. It would adversely affect jobs and career opportunities in certain sectors of the banking and financial industry and service industry. Secondly, it could slightly reduce the demand for high-end properties if Singapore becomes a less attractive destination for high net worth individuals. A large majority of Singaporeans do not own or purchase such high-end properties. A reduction in the demand for luxury properties will not reduce the prices of HDB flats, as some home buyers may hope for. Thirdly, it raises the question whether inheritance tax also applies to HDB flats, which are owned by almost 80% of local residents. If the tax does apply to HDB flats, the end result is that by bringing back the inheritance tax, the jobs and career opportunities of some Singaporeans will be badly affected, Singapore will become a less attractive place in which to invest, and the tax burden for many Singaporeans will increase. The idea of taxing someone who has the good fortune to inherit a good class bungalow that is worth 30 million Singapore dollars may enjoy widespread appeal. But should Singapore risk weakening its attractiveness as a wealth management centre? Perhaps though, our value proposition as a wealth management centre can still be strong, even if we levy an inheritance tax. Still, many people consider it a blessing to give. For one, I feel blessed to likely receive an inheritance as well as give an inheritance. Many people may see passing on a private home or an HDB flat to one's children as part of one's legacy. Nothing wrong then with passing on such a gift free of tax. Property, and in particular residential property, is an important asset class for many people in Singapore, where the home ownership rate among residents is nearly 90%. What happens to transaction and recurring taxes on property is worth close monitoring. Let's pay close attention to what is in Budget 2023. Meanwhile, let us hope all the tossing to prosperity that we do in Singapore as we low hay will herald prosperity for all in the lunar year of the water rabbit. And that's a wrap for this edition of Property BT. Do join us for the next episode where we look at million-dollar HDB resale flats. Are buyers of such public housing flats crazy? Will such sales slow with the wait-out period that applies to some who want to move from a private home to an HDB home? We explore the profile of buyers as well as the criteria that will get one's HDB home to command premium pricing. Also, should young couples who can afford it buy a million-dollar HDB resale flat? I'm Leslie Yee. Thank you for listening and happy property hunting. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.